What's up, big guy family? Welcome back to the Big Uglies podcast, and football is officially back. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Football's back. Tell a friend. open my Twitter app and I'm scrolling through and I just see one football post after another. Rappaport breaking news, Schefter breaking, maybe fake news after the whole Roger situation. Don't know if we can trust them. You got fantasy updates coming from Field Yates. You just know that football is finally back and once the timeline is strictly football, no more NBA, no more hockey, no more and nothing. Nature is healing. It's like those memes when people are talking about nature's healings. Whenever I start getting more and more football 24-7, going on NFL Network and watching random throwback Super Bowl games just because I realize football's right around the corner. We're here. Football's officially back, and I couldn't be more excited. And there's just so many things to be excited about. Obviously, just football in general coming back, but also with the podcast, it's going to be the first season that I'm going to go front to back doing a podcast every single week during the season Hitting you guys with updates, my opinions, everything that's going on in the NFL world. And of course, this episode, tons of stuff. I'm going to kick it off with my top 10 O-line rankings entering this year. Then obviously, just everything that's going around the league. It's it's really been nuts the past week or two. It's been crazy. The COVID situations in the NFL with the new memo put in place. And then you got the D-Hop and Fournette and obviously the Cole Beasley's of the world. Then you got TJ Ward just coming for Riverboat Ron's life, like literally his life. And then you got the college football realignments. I want to touch on briefly Texas, Oklahoma, making a lot of news. And I mean, what does this mean moving forward for the college football landscape? I think it's going to change everything drastically in the next five years or so. Obviously, Rodgers, too. I mean, mayhem in Green Bay. Rodgers, the whole entire situation up there. Watson, Deshaun Watson. It looks like he's going to play, but I don't think he's going to play for the Houston Texans, even though he's reporting to camp just so he can get paid and not get fined. The whole the whole deal, you know, the whole shebang got to do. And then Xavier Howard, Chandler Jones, really star players requesting trades. We'll see what happens with that. The big guys getting paid this offseason. Taylor Moten, Jonathan Allen, Braden Smith, huge deals, money bags everywhere. And last but not least, I also want to touch on the NIL stuff. My update from the big guy side of things, but also some of the guys out there who are repping their own line with their NIL deals, which is pretty sick. So all around, just super bloated episode, and just you can just feel the excitement in the air every single day. So that being said, let's just jump right into it right away. Let's start out this episode for a reason you probably came. My top 10 offensive lines heading into the 2021 NFL season. But before I tell you my rankings, I just want to say that this episode is brought to you by our partners over at Liquid IV. I still use it. I still love it. Swipe up on my Instagram highlight on the partners. Liquid IV, 25% off using the code WEARBIGGUYS, all caps. And you get free shipping on top of that. They're a great supplement to have. They're great electrolytes. They're way healthier than Gatorade or any pre-workouts you're using. I promise you. Check them out. Try them. And if you do try them, let me know. I'd love to know. It doesn't even have to be like post it to me. Just send me a DM. I love talking to you guys, and I, I wouldn't promote something I don't personally use and love. So if you're interested, again, check out Liquid IV in the Instagram highlight. Swipe up so you don't have to deal with plugging in the code. But if you want to plug in the code, it's we are big guys, all caps, 25% off your order and free shipping. <laughs> All right, before I start, I just want to let it be known that there's no bias in these lists whatsoever. And as you guys know, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a Steelers fan. You'll notice that there's no bias with my number one selection on this list. That's a little a little foreshadowing of where my number one selection is going to be. But I'm going to start with number 10 
because I feel like it's just more dramatic to start from the back and go to the front, you know, make you guys stick around for a little longer. And just because I feel like it makes more sense to start from the back and then go to the front. So number 10, I'm coming in with the Detroit Lions. And honestly, I think I could have put them higher. The only reason the Lions are not higher on my list is because Sewell technically has not played in the NFL yet. So I like to, I don't want to, I don't understand he's like going to be great most likely, but I, I, it's tough for me to say he's going to be like an, a pro bowler, all pro guy without him having even taken a snap in the NFL yet. But I love their offensive line. I love what they're doing in Detroit. I love Dan Campbell. He's an animal. He's just talking about biting kneecaps off and shit. So I, I really like where the culture of the Lions is going. And then naturally, it starts up front. I think it's the right way to do it, building inside out. And you got Taylor Decker and now Penny Sewell. It could be end up being one of the premier tackle duos in the league. Jonah Jackson had a solid rookie year, and I'm sure he's going to progress as he gets older and more mature. Frank Ragnow, arguably one of the best centers in the league. And then the only, the only question mark to me is Vitae at guard. But overall, front to back, top to bottom, I think the Detroit Lions have a really solid offensive line. I'm excited to watch them play this year. And number nine, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I know it's been mayhem in Green Bay, especially with their offensive line. They have a few departures, a few injuries here and there, a new signing and Dennis Kelly. And i doing this list off of expecting everyone to be healthy. So that is with Bakhtiari at left tackle. I'm not counting him if he's a little banged up here and there. From what I understand, it's not that serious of injury. The the, the Kelly signing is kind of interesting, but I guess it gives him a little more tackle depth. And I just want to say I do love that signing. I thought Dennis Kelly was really good for the Titans. I think he played the entire season front to back last year and didn't allow a single sack. And plus, he is known for catching a lot of touchdowns. So maybe maybe there'll be a, a trick player to a Matt LaFleur's sleeve now that Dennis Kelly is, in fact, on their roster. Today at practice, Jenkins was at left tackle, Runyon was at left guard, Myers at center, Lucas Patrick at right guard, and Billy Turner at right tackle. As it stands right now, if, if like, start the season tomorrow and Bakhtiari isn't healthy, and I don't know where Dennis Kelly's going to end up, I think the biggest concerns for the Packers are on the right side of the line, particularly inside. Lucas Patrick and, obviously, Josh Myers at center replacing Lindsley. I think they have the most pressure on their shoulders. Luckily, the Packers are historically really good at drafting linemen, so I have faith in Josh Myers, and he's a big guy, family member, so I'm really rooting for him the best. You know, I hope he does amazing. There's actually a lot of big guy followers. Lucas Patrick is one, too. Ellen Jenkins, so I may be a little biased in this fact on the, on the Packers, but they have a lot of good players in that room, and they really can go all over the map. There's a lot of the – Billy Turner played multiple positions. Ellen Jenkins literally can play anything, so – they have a lot of talent in that room, and regardless of the combination, I believe the Packers deserve a spot on the top 10 list. So that is why they're at number nine, especially if they're healthy. I think they'll have a solid offensive line if the inside their line pans out the way I think it will. Coming in at number eight on my list, it's one of my favorite teams overall going into this season. Might even be a sleeper to win their division, and that is the Washington football team. I think they have an awesome team. They're fun to watch, especially with Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, sorry, on their team now. I'm a big fan of them and their offensive line. I think the best way to describe their offensive line is just solid. Like, across the board, they're just really solid, especially with the addition of Charles Leno Jr. Um, I think that could actually be an upgrade over Morgan Moses. I know I have a lot of Washington fans 
And a lot of Morgan Moses fans, if you remember from my swag bracket. So I don't I don't mean any disrespect to Morgan Moses, but I think Charles Leno Jr. could actually be a, a, an upgrade. And I don't know if he's going to play right or left tackle because Lucas last year played left tackle and he was actually very good at the position. So I could see them keeping him there. But I mean, across the board, you got two really good tackles, Lucas and Leno Jr., Brandon Scherf, well-known inside. He's a beast. Chase Ruyer has become one of the best centers in the league. And last but not least, Wes Schweitzer. I believe that's how you pronounce it. If you if you don't know Wes Schweitzer, he had a really impressive first season with Washington last year. And this man is I'm, – I'm trying to get him on the podcast just because he seems like such an interesting guy. He's like into this rock climbing freestyle kind of situation. I don't even know how to explain it. But this guy is scaling like rocks with bare hands and feet. It's the most impressive thing ever when you think about how strong his hands and overall body must be. Long story short, I would like him on my offensive line as well. So overall, I really like Washington's O-line. I really like their team. And even just in these rankings, like the second half of these rankings, I feel like all these teams are just, they've really solid offensive lines that could go anywhere. I could have Washington as high as six, honestly. So if you're a Washington fan and you think it's maybe a little low, I, I agree. They, they're they they're really solid, and I'm excited to watch them go, especially that Fitzpatrick's now in the mix and the addition of Curtis Samuel. I think overall you could have a really good team in Washington this year. At number seven, I'm going with the essentially rebuilt Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. I absolutely love what they've done. I mean, literally rebuilt their offensive line. They brought in Orlando Brown Jr. Laurent Duvernay Tardif is back after just being a hero going to serve, you know, from the front lines for the healthcare. If you don't know a story, you got to look it up. It's impressive as hell. Joe Thune also brought in one of the Patriots best linemen last season. Then they had an awesome draft brought in Creed Humphrey, Brought in Trey Smith, who I think might be the steal of the draft. As of today, Humphrey and Smith were both starting, or at least with the ones. They also have Austin Blythe, if that's how you pronounce his last name, from Los Angeles Rams, although he kind of struggled last year here and there. I I still think he's more than comparable addition to their offensive line, who probably will get reps at some point this season because we know guys are going to go down. They have depth. They have good players. They made all the right moves. And I think they're going to have one of the better offense lines in the entire league. After what we saw in the Super Bowl last year, it actually is beyond refreshing to see a team with a star quarterback say, you know what, we got to go all in on our offensive line to protect this guy. And that and then could make the world difference. You know, who knows? They have a better offensive line during the Super Bowl. And they may have come away with the win and won back to back. So number seven, I'm sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs. And number six, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, they have Trent Williams at left tackle, absolute animal, highlight real guy, takes guys' lives every week. You got to have the 49ers up here in the top 10 just in general, just off based off him alone. Then they have the Notre Dame guys on the right, Aaron, Aaron Banks and Mike McGlinchey. Aaron Banks hasn't played yet. I don't even know if he's secured the spot yet. But Notre Dame, they just pump out linemen. So I think that right side is going to hold it down. Alex Mack, he's an older guy, but he's still one of the better centers in the NFL over the past few years. I like that addition a lot. And then left guard, holding it down. You have Tomlinson, who had a really good year last year. Overall, I think the 49ers have a really solid offensive line, anchored 
by the man, the myth, the legend, Trent Williams. And now it's rut cutting time. We're hitting into the top five. And I'm number five. I got arguably, to some people's opinions, the best offensive line in the league, which is the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, you got the star in Quentin Nelson, the highlight reel in Quentin Nelson. But there's a lot of other guys on that offensive line that are really good. But before I get into them, I will say, shout out to Anthony Costanzo, he was a really good offensive lineman for a while that I feel like kind of just went under the radar after all these years. He retired this offseason, which the Colts replaced him with Eric Fisher. Now, Eric Fisher is coming off an Achilles surgery, so I don't think, from what I've read and understood, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. But as the season goes on, he's eventually going to come back, and I'm sure he's going to be ready to go. And when he is, I mean, you got Eric Fisher, who's really one of the top tackles in the league, when healthy. Braden Smith, who just got a monster deal opposite him on the right side for right tackle. Quentin Nelson, I mean, he's currently the best guard in the NFL, maybe the best interior guy overall in the NFL. So you have him in the inside. Ryan Kelly at center, who I think is one of the top centers in the NFL. And then Mark Lewinsky, who also is a really solid right guard. So overall, I think the Colts, again, have one of the best lines in the league heading into this season. And when they're fully healthy, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Coming in at number four, maybe one of my favorite lines in the entire league. I'm realizing doing this list, I have a lot of really favorite lines here. There's just so many fun combinations. And number four, I have the New England Patriots who bring back Trent Brown, which I love. Michael Owenu coming off of rookie season. He's a really talented guy inside. He can play a lot of positions. But I suspect he's going to replace Joe Tooney. Then we have Isaiah Wynn, left tackle. One of the most underrated left tackles. I feel like you don't hear about him much um, on the mainstream level of, of things. And inside, you got Shaq Mason and Dave Andrews still doing their things. They've all been really, really good players. Got some young guys mixed in. Got some old guys mixed in. You know that Big Bill is going to have him running like a well-oiled machine, too. I really love the New England Patriots offensive line this year. That's why they have them in the top five. And I'm really excited to see all of them come together and play, especially with Trent Brown back in the mix. And moving in to my top three offensive lines going into the 2021 NFL season, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints strictly because I think they have the best tackle tandem in the league with Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. They're unbelievable tackles on both sides of the ball. Eric McCoy anchoring the middle with Cesar Ruiz and Andres Pete on the inside. I think they have an awesome offensive line, and they're going to be extremely helpful to whoever's playing quarterback, whether that's Winston, whether that's Hill, whether it's Kamara and Wildcat. I don't know what the Saints are going to be doing on offense this year. They definitely got some questions at quarterback with the departure of Drew Brees. But offensive line-wise, I don't think they really have any questions. I think they have one of the best lines in the entire league, and that's why I have them top three. Coming in at number two are the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you know me, you know I love the Buccaneers' offensive line. I think Tristan Wirfs is the next great thing at right tackle, coming off just a fantastic season. Then you on the other side, you got Donovan Smith, who is just overall a solid left tackle. And then inside is where the magic happens. You got Ali Marpet. Alice Kappa, Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen, probably my favorite center in the league now that Pouncey's retired. Just a mauler, plays nasty, plays like you should as an offensive lineman. He may not be the greatest center overall in the league, but, man, I freaking love how he plays. Ali Marpet, he's just – you saw how valuable he was when he went down last year. I love Ali Marpet inside. He's just been, you know – 
positive for all the years he's been on their team. Even when they, they used to stink back in the day, he's been there. He's been really good. And then Alex Kappa, who's kind of like slowly just been getting better as his career has gone on. Overall, I just love the Tampa Bay's offensive line. I think they're going to continue to be really good. And I, I just I feel like this Tampa Bay team is really focused. From everything I've been reading about, everything I've been hearing, listening to them talk in interviews, I feel like they're already over the Super Bowl win. And I think that's the Brady effect. I think he, they're already on to the next one. Like he always says, what, what, what's your favorite ring? He says the next one. It sounds cliche. It sounds tacky. But, you know, I actually kind of buy what he's saying. It seems like everyone's already focused on the next one. And this this overall O line, they're all coming back together, and I think they're just gonna you know hit the ground running. And last but not least, my number one offensive line heading into next year is the Cleveland Browns, which I feel like shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I think you can make some arguments for some other teams here and there, but overall, the Cleveland Browns to me have the best offensive line, the best group across the board, every position than anyone else in the league. I, I'm expecting Wills to take a few steps forward after his rookie year. Jack Conklin, you know, he came from Tennessee. Now he's still doing the same thing in Cleveland. He's really solid tackle on the other side. And then inside is just, I think, the best inside two guards and center in the entire NFL with Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader, and Betonio. They're just – they play the game the right way. Maybe because I'm a Steelers fan, I get to watch them play at least twice every single year against my team. Um, so maybe I'm a little biased in that way, but man, they're just really good at blocking. I, and obviously Nick Chubb's an amazing player and he, you know, does some amazing things, but there's a lot of credit to upfront what they're doing. They're just people movers. They're awesome, but they're also great at pass blocking as well for, you know, overall, they're just extremely, extremely good unit. And I think easily that they're the number one offensive line unit heading into next year. 2021 and I'm excited to watch them play I can't wait I'm actually extremely excited to watch their offensive line play the Steelers front seven I think the Steelers have one of the better front sevens in the entire NFL especially with Ingram coming in now so I think it should be just an unbelievably fun matchup if you love watching trench offensive line play defensive line play Cleveland Brown Steelers is going to be a really fun one to watch that wraps up my rankings for this year's top 10 offensive lines heading into the upcoming season. But before we get into the rest of the episode and dive into the whole entire COVID situation in the NFL, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Now, Mudwater, if you never heard of it, it's like a coffee alternative. It's supposed to be a healthier caffeine. It's made from like different mushrooms and cacao and masala chai and and all this different good stuff that's supposedly good for your immune system and your in your thought and your mind. And no sneaky artificial flavors. Certified, organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, Whole30, approved for kosher, the whole nine. It's like all natural, and it's supposed to be a better coffee high, per se, than when you drink two or three cups of coffee and you're way up there and you crash hard and you have the jitters. And then to fight the down, you drink another cup of coffee and then you just have a horrible sleep. It's just, it's a vicious cycle, honestly. And I've been a part of it. So I've reached out to them. I tried mud water and that's actually great. You get a really, it's like a clean energy. It's hard to explain without ever trying it if you never experienced it. But I definitely am preferring it over my like two or three cups of coffee every single day. 
So if you're interested, by the time this episode comes out, I will post the link on the Instagram where you can just swipe up automatically and check it out. If you're interested, give it a shot. It's pretty awesome. And it's super healthy. It's super clean. You get a little starter kit, the whole nine. If you're interested, Mudwater, check them out under the partners highlight on the Instagram. Now, where do I even start with the whole entire COVID situation in the NFL right now? There's so many different things going on, so many things, different things to say. Um, I think there's this we'll break it down in a few different ways one how is covid going to affect each team in terms of the vaccinated versus undervaccinated players two there's way more covid people on the covid list than last year and a lot of them are vaccinated which i think is worrisome i believe as of right now over 40 people are on the covid pup list or whatever they're calling it which is kind of concerning because last year I feel like there wasn't even that many people on the COVID list at all. So that's definitely something to watch as the camp and season progresses here. And the other news, just in general, are the are the players like the Cole Beasley's of the world, DeAndre Hopkins, Leonard Fournette. There's a lot of guys, and I think there's a lot more guys than people realize, like in the entire Bills offense essentially, who aren't vaccinated. And, and I don't, I'm not saying they're anti-vax or anything like that, but they're just choosing not to because of whatever whatever beliefs they may have. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the dynamic of different locker rooms work because once a COVID outbreak happens and it's somehow traced back to an unvaccinated player, you're forfeiting games, you're losing paychecks, that's that's livelihoods for guys, you know. That affects families. It goes deeper than just a football game. And I think it could get really messy really quick. Not to mention the coaches that have already stepped down, quote-unquote stepped down. I don't know if they've been fired or, or they're taking a season off. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with that stuff. But a, a, lot, of, a lot of things are happening quickly in terms of the COVID situation for the NFL because the bottom line is, and I, I think – I just want to make this extremely clear. The NFL, Roger Goodell, they don't give a damn about the player's health or safety or whatever. All they care about is the bottom line, which is making as much money as possible. And how do you make as much money as possible? By not having to cancel and forfeit games and moving around schedules and just making everything a shit mess on their end. And the best way to do that is get everyone vaccinated. Now, I'm not saying that they like don't want the world and country to get vaccinated as a whole because it is a better thing for humanity. But don't don't believe that like they're angling this. The media like we really care about like our fans and our people. Like no, you don't. You don't. You care about making as much money as possible. Like let's let's not beat around the bush here, folks. Let's not forget that Roger Goodell literally tried to sneak in a private jet for life in his contract. Like, like that's what kind of person we're dealing with here. And now we got this new Delta variant that's supposedly more contagious than the last one. So I think it's going to be a really interesting season coming up. I think there's going to actually be more. COVID people on the COVID list than last year. And there might even be mass mandates in some stadiums now because of the CDC recent change in their guidelines. I think, I think we still, we're still fighting this thing. So I, I'm not, I'm not in the, we're not in the clear yet. I, I don't think we're in the clear yet at all. So I don't want to get too excited. Um, but the cold COVID situation in the NFL, it's, it's really crazy. It's crazy seeing guys like Cole Beasley and Jerry Hughes fighting not fighting i guess arguing back and forth on twitter in front of the whole entire world like <laughs> the the bills gm and they must have been like you gotta be kidding me man like they probably text him like Can you guys take this offline please <laughs> it's just wild and then guys tweeting stuff and deleting tweets and then i don't know if you saw tj ward the former safety ron rivera came out and said he was really frustrated with how few guys on his team are vaccinated 
And TJ Ward was telling Coach Rivera, who just beat cancer, who's clearly immune deficient and like life is at risk here. And he's telling Riverboat Ron, you might, you need to dock your boat, man. I was like, holy crap. Like this is just, there's just no, everyone's taking shots at everyone. There's just no rules. It's really the wild west here this season with the COVID. It's just unbelievable to just sit back and watch this. It feels like every day something crazy is happening. But before we stop talking about COVID here, I just want to say last podcast, I suggested you can go back and listen if you get COVID, the whole team outbreaks, and this is whether you're vaccinated or not, in my opinion, you got to forfeit. This is what it is. I thought they should have done that last year. So I'm not saying they contacted me. I might have been a little inside source to, to get this thing figured out for everybody. But I'm kind of saying that I'm sure they were listening to the Big Uglies podcast and were like, hey, this is a good idea here, guys. Moving into the Aaron Rodgers situation, I'm going to just – I'm going to briefly talk about this and touch on this just because everyone's talking about it. It's, I feel like it's already like an oversaturated subject and talking point and everyone's probably tired of hearing about it. But just my two cents in the situation, Rogers went at, went at the green Bay front office today. No, no, no qualms about it. He, he went in on the front office and rightfully so he, he said, he said what he felt. It was kind of refreshing seeing a guy, not use the cliche lines and then just say, yeah, I'm just here. I'm just here because I, I don't want to be fine kind of thing. So it was kind of refreshing seeing that angle on the whole situation. Um, but some people I think were rubbed the wrong way about it, just seeing from Twitter and radio that I listened to. Um, I, the, a lot of people were saying this may has been making Rogers, you know, look like a crybaby and a diva and he's become an unlikable character and this and that. And you know what? I, I After watching his post- conference um post practice conference press conference wow that was a tongue twister um I, I i think he has some fair fair complaints i mean it's really hard to believe that they didn't just do not consult or did not consult where i guess still do not consult they're you know one of the best quarterbacks of all time in any of the decision making like not even just saying here sit at the table tell us what you think just to have him there even if you're not going to listen to him like that was his point like i'm not even at the table like i should probably be at the table and then they're cutting receivers that he likes without even letting them know. Um, they're not extending certain guys. They're good locker room chemistry, even if they're willing to take pay cuts. He had a list of names he, he rolled out. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a really a mess of a situation in Green Bay right now. Now, do I agree with everything that Rodgers has done and, and, and how everything has gone about? No, definitely not. But at the end of the day, this is just an incredibly bad situation for both sides. And just the Packers, if you're a fan of the Packers in general, granted they're all together right now and then they're going to try to make it work this year, but it's just it's hard to imagine anybody staying there past this year. Like I think Rodgers is going to going to leave. It seems like they don't want to pay Adams either, and I'd be surprised if Adams wants to stay where he is in his career and, and play with Jordan Love next year. And I also was wondering after all this is happening, if you say you're a star player or even a star quarterback, would you want to go play in Green Bay if you know that you have absolutely zero say in any of the decisions that are going on? I think this could have a ripple effect for Green Bay's organization moving forward if, if they don't start to loosen up here and start to get guys involved. I mean, they're really – I mean, it's it's their, it's an interesting situation to say the least. I understand it's a slippery slope if you give someone too much power because then it becomes awkward and you might be influenced in certain ways that don't don't help them out as a player, but not as an org, overall organization. 
I'm all for making the correct choice that is better for the, the team and franchise moving forward and not just an individual player. But man, you gotta if you have someone like Aaron Rodgers on your team or Tom Brady, you gotta get you gotta get those guys like some influence and voice and what's going on and who you're bringing in, who you're cutting, who you're drafting, free agency recruiting, such things of that nature. But with all that being said, he's there. He's in camp. He's playing this year. He says he's all in on this season. They got Adams back, and then they they essentially have the same team as they made the NFC Championship with, and they've added some guys and added some pieces. So maybe they'll make one last run here, and they'll actually have a last dance together and ride off into the sunset. It'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. Now, just around the league, just some other quick news. Deshaun Watson, he reported to camp, and I don't know if you guys saw the clip. He literally was – Wearing a hoodie in a mask and doing handoff drills to nobody. So I don't, I don't know what his deal is there. Um, from what I've read, he is not going to be expected to go to court or anything of like that until after the season. I don't think that's how long all this you know court stuff takes, as I'm sure all you guys know. So he's essentially good to go this year and play, but he's adamant about not playing for the Texans and still says he's going to sit out, basically, and he's requesting a trade. But the problem here in lies, who who's going to trade for him? Who's going to take that risk of trading, like, three first-round picks or in players and, and a bunch of stuff if this guy is going to be going to court in a year, you know? So it's one thing if he if they know that he's going to ever get everything's going to get dismissed and he's going to be fine, then, okay, I, I can see a, a lot of teams wanting to trade for him. But that uncertainty is—I feel like it's going to be hard for the Texans to move him, and I'm starting to wonder if he's going to play at all this year, if some team is not willing to take that risk on. So that's just a situation in itself that I feel like just isn't getting talked about much, and maybe it's because no one knows really what's going to happen or what the outcome is going to be. But that's just a major star player that may just not even be playing this year. So we'll see what happens there. The other news, I guess, smaller news is guys requesting trades. Xavier Howard, Chandler Jones, two star players, been with their teams forever, and and they're just not happy with their contract situation. Xavier Howard basically said, "I'm not getting paid nearly what I should be getting paid," and he wants to get paid a higher rate. And the Dolphins don't want to do that. Chandler Jones, similar situation. They both feel like they need, they should, and need to be paid more, and they're both requesting trades. So it'll be interesting to see if either of those teams work it out with them and get a deal done to keep them on their team because I feel like I wouldn't want to lose either of those guys. Um, or are they going to get a huge trade haul and maybe these guys are going to go to a contender, a different team. And But either of those guys going anywhere in terms of contenders, that changes a lot because they're both extremely good players. So stay tuned on that. And before we head into my final part of the podcast, which is dealing with the college football side of things, I just want to say if you haven't yet, check out our store, our merch store, shopwearebigguys.com that's www.shopwearebigguys.com for all your big guy apparel needs and last but certainly not least i want to touch quickly on the college football world right now which is just crazy before i get into the texas oklahoma situation i want to shout out kenny pickett Kenny Football, the Pit- Pittsburgh Panthers. Shout out to the Washington State running back, Max Borgie. I'm sure there's been a lot of other guys too. So if you know people that also do this, Slide and Medina's, let me know. I'd love to give him a shout out as well on my page. They both took NIL deals. 
and are giving back to their offensive linemen through food, which is, I mean, what better way to do it than that? Because they they know where their bread is butter. They're smart guys, and I think that's awesome. I hope we see more of that, and I'm sure we'll see more of that as we continue this new world of NIL business. Another new thing that's going on is these mega conferences, these super conferences, and it's starting with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, attempting to go to the SEC, and I think this is just the beginning of the whole new world of what we're going to see in college football in a few years down the line. And I think I think everyone saw it coming. I feel like no one should really be surprised by this move. And I think a few years from now, maybe five, we're going to see four or so mega conferences. It'll be really interesting to see what happens here because the football football really doesn't need the NCAA anymore after all the all this is happening. But this still greatly affects things like March Madness and basketball and all the other sports that are underneath also playing in these conferences. So it's it's like what's happening to them, you know? So is football going to break off and be its own entity, its own governing body, or in the, the rest of schools are going to stay like in their normal conferences? Or is everybody moving? It's going to be a pretty, pretty crazy, pretty wild times in college football, particularly college sports in general, these next few years in, in all these conference realignments. But if I was a betting man, when I feel like I've said this before, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've spoken with other people about it. I'm betting on there's going to be some mega conferences, maybe four, maybe five. My bet's four, so 16 teams. And it's going to just, you know, last man standing, you better get in. If you're not, the, they don't really care who, if you're not in the conferences or not. And I think, you know, smaller schools, like, I think I said this before, like the Boise State's TCU's, they might left, get left hole in the bag, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if people want to get involved in this, if the more elite academic institutions might just be like, you know what, we're just going to get out of this. You guys do your thing. It's, it's, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the college sports world, but it's inevitable. There's just too much money involved, in, especially with the NIL going on now where players are making money, and I feel like eventually they're eventually just going to start getting paid. So it's, it's going to be really a crazy times in the next few years in the college football world with all this happening. In terms of the We Are Big Guys NIL team, that is still in the works. It's just been crazy behind the scenes for myself. There's a lot of stuff going on that a lot of you don't know about. I can't really say anything yet about a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, but I'm we're just we're just trying to figure out the, the financials behind creating a, a We Are Big Guys team. Because as you can imagine, once I tweet that out, I – I received so many DMs through Twitter, Instagram. I even had a few people hit me up through the email address linked up to my social accounts, which was just like, that was kind of a sick move. I was like, that's kind of legendary. Like you, you slid into my email address for the NIL, which is pretty cool. And I, I, I just want to make sure I do this right. So I don't want to rush into anything and like just, you know, do it half ass basically is what I'm trying to say. So I want to make sure this is all set up. I want to have it, you know, do it right, everything organized, and, and not be like a free-for-all. Like, I feel like those first few days, it was a free-for-all. It was just madness, sheer madness. So I want to make sure I want to do this right, but I'm definitely interested in doing it, and that's definitely still on the table. So if you reached out to me, just please be patient, and I will get back to everyone and figure this out as soon as possible. I can guarantee that. I'm really excited. It, it it just opens up the door and changes everything for for everybody. I mean, you it changes for the players, changes for companies and brands like myself trying to grow and get bigger. Um, and it's just all around a really awesome deal. So I just please ask to, like you guys can be patient and I, and I promise if you reach out to me, I will get back to you sooner than later. I, pr- I promise you that.
And with that being said, that's all I have for this podcast episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you don't already, follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at WeAreBigGuys. Check out our merch store, www.shopwearebigguys.com. Check out the partners, Liquid IV, Medwater. Go to the Instagram, swipe up, code automatically applied. Thank you so much for all the support and love. And we did it. Football season is back, baby. We made it. Thank you.